Rick. Glad you're with us today. Today we talk about the wilderness. Have you ever been trapped in the wilderness? You didn't put yourself there. Somebody else put you there. You did fine. But all of a sudden, everything in your life is all out of control and it's a mess. And it's because you were in a relationship that got you in trouble. Well, I want to show you how to deal with that and have a good attitude. Joshua and Caleb were put into a circumstance that they didn't create. For 40 years, they're told they're going to wander in the wilderness. And now I want to show you what they did not do. That's right. We want to focus on what they didn't do. Now, sometimes when people put you in the wilderness, you just complain. You put me in the wilderness. I can't believe you put me in the wilderness. And I can't, you, you know, you and your mama put me in the wilderness. Okay, I want you to stop, back up the train. Maybe somebody did put you in a bad circumstance, but I want to show you how to deal with this. So stay right there. It's a good study. It'll help you today. Enjoy. Glad you're back. I want to share with you today um, something that really surprised me. This is a, an angle of study that I haven't used before in looking at Israel's history. But I want to deal with one concept. I want to deal with the times in your life when you're in a relationship that causes you problems, like I talked about last week, where you are in a moment where a bad relationship, you, you know, this is your family, but boy, golly, the relationship with them has caused you more anguish than you can imagine. And you've got these circumstances now in your life that are a direct result of being in a relationship with them. So for you, painfully said, and I say this painfully, this has been a bad relationship. It's your friends and family. But in the story, God told Israel, okay, I want you to go over to this place, you know, and I want you to, Kadesh Barnea, look over into the promised land, Canaan, and I want you to send 12 spies over there, and I want them to spy out the land for 40 days. They go and they spy out the land. Ten of the guys come back and say, we can't do it, convince the whole nation they can't do it. Two guys, Joshua and Caleb, say, yes, we can do it. These two guys did what they were supposed to do, had a positive attitude, but because of the, the 10 guys, Everybody turns against them and refuses to go and fight. So they end up being judged. And God says, OK, for every day you went over there, I'm going to give you a year wandering in the wilderness. So now Joshua and Caleb are in this circumstance, not because of anything they did, but because of what those they were in relationship with did. Now, I want to take you to Numbers chapter 14, verse 31 through 35. I want you to follow some of the story because the children get dragged into this, too. And listen to what it said. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder. That's why they didn't want to go. Right. I will bring them in to enjoy the land you've rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in the wilderness. Well, that's painful. Verse 433. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the wilderness. For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explore the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. Boy, this is tough. Verse 35, I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community, which has banded together against me. They will meet their end in the wilderness. Here they will die. Now, I want to say this to you. I'm going to put two statements up on the screen. I want you to read with me because I, I think this is important. The nation of Israel was trapped 
in a holding pattern for 40 years. The question is, how do you advance and what can you do if you're in a long season of failure that you did not create? Wow. This is, that's what I want you to think about. This is settled. It's going to be a while. What do you do? How do you, how do you advance? How can you advance when you're not going to be able to get what you thought you were going to get? How does Joshua and Caleb advance now? They're going to be 40 years in the wilderness. How do you do? How do you do this? Now, I'm going to tell you something that's easy. When you're in a bad circumstance and you got there however you got there, you can spend all your time dwelling on that. Or you can look for a pathway to advance in a bad circumstance. The job you're on is the job you're going to have to be on for another five years. You, you don't see a way to get out of this job. How can I advance here in this job? I can't get another house. This house is the only house I can afford or apartment. How can I advance here? What can I do to make this place amazing? Because sometimes you can't move. Sometimes you can't live in another state or city. You stay here. You got to advance here. You get in trouble sometimes if you try to leave because you can't, you can't leave right now. But what can you do in this moment? Here's another statement I want you to think about before I continue. During this time in history, the average lifespan was approximately half what it is today. It was considered unique for a person to reach 40 to 60 years old. Now, I want you to think about this. And if you get the notes, by the way, if you get the notes, I have some links that you can use that will take you to different links that talk about lifespans. And, and, but in this day, they lived about 40 years. Now, so if you're, and think about this for a minute, if you, if you're, if you hear this, right, this judgment that you guys are going to be in the wilderness for 40 years and you're 20, Okay, and the average person lives around that long, that means you ain't never gonna get out of here. Excuse my grandma. <laughs> if you're 20 years old and God says to you, you're gonna be in this wilderness for 40 years, that means you're never gonna go, you're never gonna get past this. This is gonna be it. You're gonna die here. Matter of fact, he told them all, you're gonna all die here. So this is bad. This is a bad moment. And I, I think what's amazing is in the midst of this moment, you can either go into a depression, you can get angry, you can, get, you can become a mean person, but that's not what they did. That's not how they responded. I love their response. I'm going to give you, I have seven notations, okay? Seven things that they did that I thought was incredible. And specifically how Joshua and Caleb stayed productive in the wilderness, what they did to make sure that they move forward. Number one, they did not dwell on what went wrong. There's no record of them dwelling on how they got here. If you spend all your time retelling the story over and over again, dwelling on how I got here, you'll never get anywhere. I love the verse in Romans 8, 1 says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. There are times you have to say, I'm not gonna carry more, any more guilt. No more condemnation. I'm not going to carry any shame. I'm not going to be a person who is constantly harassed by what happened. There's a sermon I'm going to do later on, a, series, a whole series on this called Step, Stepping Over. 
And one of the things I've learned that in order for you to advance in the wilderness or wherever you are in your life in a bad circumstances, you got to learn how to step over stuff, step over guilt, step over shame, step over what happened. The focus no longer is the 40 years. That's settled. The question is, what do I do? Well, what I need to do is not dwell on the, the details, what went wrong. I can learn from it, but I can't dwell on it. Some of us have dwelt on it too long. Here's the second thing they did. They did what they could do. They did what they could do. Sometimes all you can do is this, not that. What can you do? I didn't ask you what you couldn't do. I didn't ask you what you lost. I didn't ask you any of that. What can you do with what you have left in your life? What can you do with the space you have, the freedoms you have? There's certain things you can do and there's certain things you can't do. Dwell on what you can do. Let's not talk about what you can. I didn't go to school. I should have gone back to school. I would have, I wouldn't. Well, okay, go get some certification. Go do something with what you have now. These guys were in the wilderness. They had to make use of what they had. Number three, they accepted that their opportunity to enter the promised land was over for now. In other words, we can't go in. They accepted that. You know, one thing that can hurt you is trying to do what you no longer can do. Now, there's a story in chapter 14, verse 39 of Numbers, 39 through verse 44. I'm not going to read it, but in Numbers chapter 14, 39 through 44, it talks about how they tried to go. They tried to go, well, let's try to go make this right. Let's just, let's, let's go and see if we can make this right. We're going we're gonna to see. Matter of fact, maybe I'll just read it for you. Let me, let me turn to Numbers, Numbers chapter 14, verse 39. Let's get my Bible open here. And then let me show it to you. Because I think what was, it was important is for you to understand that sometimes in life, uh, you need to pause for a minute, 14, I said, did I say 14, 39? I did, 35. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. We're going to look for it right here in a minute. All right. Now, what's interesting is when you, when you look at this, I want to see, get, get my text right. Yep, numbers 14, 39, and 44. Let's get that up. 14, 39. Here we go. All right. Now, th it's important for you to understand that there are moments when you cannot fix some things. Listen to what it said. This is Numbers chapter 14, verse 39. When Moses reported this to all of Israel, when Moses told them, you're not going in for 40 years, they mourned bitterly. They felt bad now because they've heard Moses. They knew this guy opened the Red Sea, all this. He wasn't lying to them. He told them, hey, you're not going in 40 years. Now, that, that meant that they, 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 they lost all their life dreams. You're not going in. This is it. So watch what, what happened. Early the next morning, verse 40, they set out for the highest point in the hill country saying, now we're ready to go up to the land. The promise, the Lord promised, surely we have sinned. So they wanted to go and fix it. They wanted to go fix it. See, they didn't want to accept the 40 year punishment. They wanted to go and change things. Now watch what happened. Verse 41. Moses says, why are you disobeying the Lord's command? This will not succeed. Do not go up. Well, they went up and then they lost. But they, they tried to go up and they tried to do it on their own. See, notice again, 
There are moments when you have to accept, I'm divorced. I'm no longer married to him. I'm no longer married to her. I know that's no longer my house. I don't have, I don't have that right. You have to accept where you are. You have to accept this season. You have to accept what, this is where I'm at now. Let me take this and let me make this amazing the best I can. That's what made Joshua and Caleb phenomenal because they decided they accepted it. They went on. Hey, look, we got to move on. But these people, these, this small group decided, no, no, we, we, we're telling God we're sorry now. So we're going to go back here. We got fired yesterday on this job, but we're going to go back in here and we're going to get our job back. No, you're not. They told you don't come back. If you come back, they're going to call the police. Now, why would you go back? See, this is the moment. And I think it's hard. Let me tell you how <laughs> religious people, church has forever changed. And we are having a hard time accepting it. People want some digital option. People don't want to stay as long. Things have changed. They rarely want to join. They don't know why they should be a member. Be a member for what? We have to adapt to the changes. Sometimes it's hard. I see it in, in lot with our children. We don't accept that they've grown up. We don't accept a lot of things. We struggle and sometimes because you can't accept things, you mess up things. But Joshua and Caleb, they accepted that that opportunity to go into the promised land was over. Now it's time to move on to the next one. Fourth thing. So number one, remember, they, they did not dwell on what went wrong. Number two, they did what they could do. Number three, they accepted that their opportunity to enter the promised land was over. Number four, they worked to train the people in God's law. What they did was they just went on about sharing God's word. And, and you see this as you look at Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, and there's a lot of teaching and telling them how to take care of themselves, the book of Leviticus, Numbers. There's a lot. They look, we're going to be here for a minute. We might as well, you know, make it work. They educated themselves. Exodus 20 is a great place to go to talk about the Ten Commandments. I love it. It gives these lists of things you shouldn't do. And, you know, God said, well, you're going to be here for a while. Let me help you. Make the best of what you have. They did that. Number five, they worked to implement, I love this, reminder celebrations. In those 40 years while they're wandering around, they're learning about the Feast of Passover. They're learning about the Feast of Pentecost. They're learning that they developed these. God gave them these ceremonies to, to remind them. Now, I want to say something. If you're not careful, you'll worship the ceremony and not the God who gave you the ceremony. I think we do that sometimes, you know, if we're not careful uh, with a lot of things. But he said, I want you to remember me. And that's what they did for 40 years. Then number uh, six, they worked to stay positive and committed to the promised land. You see it over and over again, preaching, ceremonies. Let's praise God for taking us out of Egypt. We didn't get to go in the promised land yet, but let's celebrate the, the, the harvest feast on Pentecost. Let's celebrate each other. Let's not treat each other badly. He gave them instructions on how to deal with laws and how to work with people. It was a process of growth. That's how they responded to 40 years in the wilderness. Watch this. They decided to grow up in those 40 years. They decided to take advantage of what they had in front of them in those 40 years. And then lastly, you ready? They remain faithful examples of godly living. That's what God said I want you to do. 
I'm going to teach you guys how to live. He gave them, he taught them how to offer sacrifices. He taught them how to, how to balance their lives. He, he dealt with uh, criminal issues. He dealt with marriage issues. He dealt with uh, hygiene issues. He dealt with eating issues. He was constantly striving to, to move the nation. Since they're going to be here for 40 years, let me grow them up. So that when they do go into the promised land, they won't go unprepared. They'll be ready. Now, what's really fascinating when you study Israel's history is even though God gave them all this opportunity, even though God invested all this effort, they still lost their way at times, like we all do. See, what I like about this is it's an honest moment. So I want you to have an honest moment with me. I want you to answer a question. Are you in a wilderness right now? Are you in a place right now where you're stuck and your temptation is to complain and grumble and I don't like this job, I don't like this church, I don't like this city, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. And everybody that deals with you hears what you don't like. Stop talking about what you don't like. Stop dwelling on what isn't going right for you. Pause in your life and say, what do I have in my hand? There's that great moment when Moses came to the Red Sea and he was looking out over this vast ocean and he had all these people, almost, you know, two, three million people behind him and, and, and he couldn't cross. And in that moment, the Lord basically asked, what do you have in your hand? He said, all I got is a stick. A rod, stretch it out, dude. Stretch out the rod you've got in your hand. What do you have in your hand? Why don't you stop feeling sorry for yourself, dwelling on I'm in the wilderness and, and I can't believe these people got me in this mess and I didn't expect to be here. I thought by now I'd be retired with a whole bunch of money. I thought I'd have this. I thought I'd have me a pretty woman and be sitting on the beach looking at a walk around in the bathing suit, but now I'm sitting here. I can't even afford to go to the beach. You're spending all your time dwelling on what you don't have. And you haven't paused long enough to use what you do have. Use what you do have, and you can change everything in your life. You may be trapped in the wilderness, but God can help you get out of it. Now, before I pray for you, let me give you a little clue. Next time I'm going to come back, we're going to have a special little treat for you. But the next series I'm going to do is really powerful. I want to talk about trapped in the financial wilderness. Now, we're going to have a special, special treat for you next time. But in our next series that's coming up, we're going to talk about trapped financially. Our youth are going to launch us into a new thing the next time we gather. But beyond that, there's a series I want you to get ready for. Everybody in the world faces one big challenge, their money. Money becomes this thing that holds you back and stops you dead in your tracks. For some of you, it's been your lifelong issue. 
For some of you, you've had more trouble with money than anything. It has been your one issue. And there are four things I'm going to talk about in the next series that I want you to get ready for. I want to talk about how financial obligations can trap you and how those traps can become things that hold you back forever. You are over obligated. I'm telling you, there's nothing like getting a paycheck and keeping some of your money. Some of you are over, some churches are over obligated. They have too much. They have too many programs, too many things going on. They're overly overextended. I understand in the name of expansion, I want to do things and I'm pretty aggressive, bold. I want to do things. I believe in investing. I believe in trying. But there's a moment when you need to pause and look at your obligations. And I'll talk about that. And there's something about being trapped by those obligations. Secondly, we're going to talk about how we can be naive, especially religious people. I, and I always find it fascinating that when I, you know, when I talk about money and when I talk about finances, like I'm going to do in the next series, there's a tendency for people to go, oh, there you go, talking about money. You know, listen, people. Uh, I don't need to go through what, the fact that Jesus talked about money more than everything else. He did. most of it. He talked about money more than he talked about the kingdom, more than anything else. Jesus really talked about money a lot. They were used as examples and in all kinds of ways. But, I, that, but here's the point I want to make. You're naive if you, don't think you, if you think you're going to be free. If you think you're going to be able to do the things you say you want to do, which is the question for the year, remember? If you want to do the things you say you're going to do, you can't be naive about money. We'll talk about that. You also have to learn how to deal with debt. You have to deal with the tendency to owe people, to create expenses, monthly payments for yourself. We'll talk about that. And then I want to talk about isolation. Um, you don't let anybody in your life to help you. You want God's best for your life, but you're trapped because you won't let anybody help you. Your finances are a, a stronghold in your life. And if you're not careful, you get isolated, even if you're prosperous and you don't allow anybody to jump into your life and talk to you, you're not going to do well. Now, I want to say I have a lot of things I want to say this year that will answer this question. I'll tell you the question for the year, why people don't do what they say. But I think the first two are profound. You're trapped and you're trapped in the things I described in the last series in this series, and you're also trapped in your finances. I want to see God free you, so let me pray for you. And I believe with all my heart, if you listen carefully to me in these series, it will help you. Father, I pray for those today who've been trapped. They've been trapped, Father God, in ways that don't help them. They're in the wrong place. They are, Lord God, trapped in fear. They have fears that are unfounded. They're trapped in ways in relationships, Lord God, that have hurt them. But you can free them from the wilderness. Let this be a moment when they realize these are the things that have stopped me from doing what I said I want to do. Things that I, places I want to go. Father, free them, I pray, and give them the power and the courage to stand up and say, I'm not going to dwell on what went wrong. I'm here now. I'm going to believe God and get out of this place and go to another place in my life. And I'm going to get there one step at a time with a good attitude, with faith in God, believing he makes the difference. So, God, I declare over your people today supernatural opportunities, supernatural blessings, finances. 
I declare over your people, God, healing in their hearts. I declare that they will rise above what happened to them. They'll be like Joshua and Caleb and not complain. They'll rise up and become victorious. And Father, may the spirit of the living God bring healing and blessing to their life in ways they never expected. I pray for them today that the hand of the living God would be real, that the power of the word of God would manifest in their life and that this would be a transforming season. Why have we not done what we told you we were going to do? Because we've been trapped. Free us today and let us rise beyond this season. No more anger, no more unforgiveness, no more malice. Empty our hearts of that and let us rise above it. Let us stop murmuring and stop complaining. And God, I, I, I declare in Jesus' name that the power of God will bring healing and victory to us. May we rise above it. And despite the length of time we've been in this, we believe you're going to help us get out of it. And we're going to rise and go to a new place in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Lord, I pray for those who have heard this message and realize they don't know you as Savior. They've never given you their life. Let this be that transforming moment when they pray this prayer. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you. I'm living in this wilderness of unbelief and I ask you to forgive me. Let this be a transforming moment. And God, I declare that in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray you were blessed by the message. I pray it helped you. Here's the big point I want you to take away. They didn't get stuck in what happened to them. They moved on. They learned, okay, this is gonna be a 40 year journey. They just buckled up and did it. You have to learn to not let yourself be stuck. So let me pray for you if you are. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message today and they realize I'm in the wilderness, I'm gonna be here for a minute and I need to have a better attitude in this moment. I pray for healing and confidence. You'll get them through it and I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with me today. Listen, I know sometimes you promise things you say you're gonna do and sometimes if you don't do it, it could be because you're trapped and maybe you're trapped for reasons you didn't create but God is able to get you to a place of freedom. So see you next time in our next study. Have a great day. Bye-bye.